if you weren't here for the first hour, I got to tell you, yesterday afternoon, I got push alerts from the New York Times, the Washington Post, and CNN letting me know that Stacey Abrams was running for governor of Georgia. Now, they didn't push alert these to me just because I'm living in Georgia. No, no, they sent them out nationwide to let every American know Stacey Abrams is running for re-election, or at least she would claim to, in Georgia. Well, there's somebody else running for the governor's mansion in Georgia. That happens to be the guy who actually lives in the current governor's mansion, the incumbent governor, Brian Kipp, who joins me by phone. Governor, how are you? Hey, good afternoon, Eric. Doing great. Beautiful so, day in the great state of Georgia. It is pretty here, although I'm, I'm, I don't know that I'm ready for the cold temperatures. I guess I am. But now that the Braves have won, I've got all my quarter zips that have the Braves logo, so I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, go Braves. All right, so I, I, I won't ask you about when they're signing Freddie Freeman. I will ask you the, this important question, <laughs> though. Uh, Stacey Abrams steps on Andre Dickens, the mayor of mayor-elect. He's got 12 hours before she decides to announce she's running for governor yesterday and thinks that we need some real turn in the state of Georgia. And, and I'll just ask initially your response. Well, look, I've been preparing for this fight that we're going to be in for almost three years now, the fight for the soul of our state. That's what I told hardworking Georgians when I first got in the governor's race, that I felt like this race, the race against Stacey Abrams and the radical left, was indeed a fight for the soul of our state. We've seen that play out across the country, depending on who your governor was over the last 18 months, and we're ready for that fight. You know, I've stood up to keep our economy open, get our schools open, standing with law enforcement, making sure our churches were open, and they want to take us in a completely different direction. You know, they're going to try to use this new variant as a reason to close our economy again, close our schools, close our churches, defund the police, and they want to indoctrinate our kids. And so it's a very clear choice to me, and I'm looking forward to this fight. Now, regarding this, back when you were reopening the state sooner than any other governor of the nation, you got some criticism from the White House and President Trump, but you got a lot of criticism from Democrats in the state, including Stacey Abrams, who said we should have stayed locked down a whole lot longer. All right. Yeah. I mean, you know, look at the numbers. We're having record year in economic prosperity, economic development in all parts of our state. Seventy-four percent of the projects that we did last year in a record year were outside of metro atlanta so making sure nobody uh not depend depending on what zip code you're in you still had great economic opportunity in our state to strengthen rural georgia been doing rural broadband but look this isn't isn't the only thing that she's been critical on you know she was critical of our elections bill the elections integrity act to make it easy to vote and hard to cheat when you had common sense things in there like a voter ID requirement on absentee ballots and secure and drop boxes. I've been in the fight on that. I've been in the fight against her when she was trying to push and get the all-star game moved before she wasn't. And I've stood up and pushed back against the woke cancel culture. And we're going to be reminding people of all of those issues, as well as our fight to make sure that people are safe during COVID. And, and, uh, you know, we passed over 52 health care bills, given the largest teacher pay raise in state history. We fought to get rid of ridiculous testing in our schools and make sure our kids are not indoctrinated by CRT and other things, and we're going to keep doing that. Now, I, I want to ask you real quick about, you mentioned the, the voting bill. We had these municipal elections in Georgia, big turnout. 
in Atlanta. I'm unaware of people who were unable to vote because of the election reform bill that went through. There doesn't seem to be an outcry. And in fact, for maybe the first time ever, Fulton County seemed to actually conduct an election that went off without a hitch. Yeah, shocking there wasn't voter suppression because we have a a bill in Georgia that makes it easy to vote and hard to cheat, and that's what I've always stood for uh, when I was Secretary of State and as governor, that we have secure, accessible, fair elections. I think the vast majority of Georgians just want to have a process that's fair and accessible for both sides or even people in the middle, wherever you are politically, but also know that it's going to be a secure process. People want to have confidence in the process, that's what we've done with our bill. The Democrats, including Stacey Abrams and President Biden, overplayed their hand because they didn't know what was in the bill when they started criticizing it and calling it Jim Crow 2.0 and other things. And they used that to hurt small business owners, many of them minorities, by moving the All-Star game and uh, really taking $100 million of economic prosperity out of the service sector industry, which was hurting the worst during covid uh, but thankfully, the Braves uh, righted that wrong uh, by winning the World Series. Yes, indeed. Now, I, I, let me ask you, running for re-election, let's say you get re-elected, the voters reward you. What, what do you want to do in a second term that you haven't already done? Well, this is the thing that people need to realize, Eric, and this is what I'm really looking forward to in the campaign. You know, I ran on a record. I simply told people I was tired of politicians that would say one thing and do another. So I was hell-bent and determined to make sure that I told people what I was going to do, and then when I got in office, that's exactly what I've done. And if you look at that record, uh, we've accomplished just about everything that I set out to do. And to me, as a Republican, and watching what's happened around the country and in other races and in races here, uh, we've also, you know, we've got to point out the differences, and they are very stark differences in the direction that they want to take our state, the other side. But we've also got to tell people what we're for and what we stand for and what we're going to do. And that's what this campaign is going to be about, reminding people of that record, but then continuing to fight for the things that I believe in, like having the number one state in the country for business, giving people great opportunity, continue to work on rural broadband, continue to provide more access for in, in health care and also reform the sister system and lower private sector costs. You know, the other side never talks about that. They just talk about having government run, you know, health care where, where, you know, you're mandated to do something from the federal government. You can't even talk to your doctor about it. And that's what we're seeing with Biden's vaccine mandates right now. Well, you know, you raised this point on, on access to health care and costs. Uh, Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff, Georgia's two senators, are backing in the Build Back Better plan now, a provision that would take health care funds away from public hospitals in states like Georgia unless you expand Medicaid uh, to the poor, as Stacey Abrams has been wanting. And wanted to get your reaction to that. Well, I think it's insane to be taking any money away from our you know, precious hospital systems, especially right now. They have done heroes' work and the Lord's work during COVID-19, and I could not be more prouder and thankful uh, of all these systems. You know, our approach in Georgia, we, we have many more people on our Medicaid rolls. We've invested in health care in our state. I look forward to talking about that. But we also are going to be having multiple providers in the private sector uh, system on the exchange next year versus what we had, you know, prior to my administration because of our reinsurance program. So there's more competition. We're driving down costs and making it affordable 
for Georgia families to actually provide health care uh, to their families in the private marketplace. Um, and that's really what we should be doing as conservatives and making sure that we're giving people a hand up, but also a path to prosperity where they're not continually on government-run health care. Now, I got to switch gears and talk about someone other than you and your campaign, because one of the things you did as governor is brought to the forefront the first statewide uh, Hispanic official to hold statewide office in Georgia. That would be John King, who's being sworn in as the now permanent insurance commissioner in the state of Georgia. Well, look, John's done a great job. I mean, he's not only been a a great insurance and fire safety commissioner, but as you know, he's a 30-year-plus Georgia National Guard member. Uh, He's served building the border wall. He's helped with the COVID response all over the country. He's been a big part of our task force and and helping us with the COVID response, along with General Cardin and many of our other folks like Dr. Toomey and I'm just so proud of, of John, and it's uh, also you know, very historic that he is the first Latino constitutional officer in our state, and he's doing a great job, and I'm looking forward to permanently swearing him in and keeping his good work going. And I think that's something that is really going to serve our party well, uh, is the diverse appointments I've made of giving opportunity for all people uh, to participate in state government and make sure that everybody's being represented, even people that may not have voted for me the first time, because I want them to vote for me the next time. Now, to get there, there are growing rumors, I guess, out there that you may have to deal with a, a fractious Republican primary, and you've got President Trump out there trying to find someone to to challenge you in the primary. I mean, how do you see the lay of the landscape for that? Well, listen, that's not something I can control. I can tell you that I had been in the fight on these issues for elections reform. Uh, The the person that stood up after we passed that bill and pushed back against the national media narrative and a big uh, bunch of big companies that were trying to pressure Georgia to bending and bowing with our elections bill, and I did not, and I'm not going to, and we're going to fight that in court and win, even though we got the Biden Justice Department suing us. Um, I'm going to continue to stand up for our law enforcement and do something about violent crime in the city of Atlanta and other cities around our state when other leaders are not doing that. We're going to continue to push a great educational system here, workforce development to keep our economy going and growing jobs and opportunity in our state and many other issues. And, you know, anybody else that's wanting to get in the fight, you'd have to ask them why. Well, listen, I, I, I don't want to keep you all day. I know you got stuff to do, but I, I've got a, I got a campaign idea for you for this next legislative session. I think you should support a law that would ban Florida drivers from driving in the fast lane in South Georgia. Because I've never met <laughs> in the one. left lane. Yes, I've never met one that actually drives the speed limit. <laughs> They're always. I'm, I'm open to that because I've been behind plenty of folks in Florida that are driving in the left lane. So we'll we'll do a little due diligence on that. That'll be perfect, Governor. Listen, best of luck to you and and Merry Christmas to you and your wife. I guess I get to say Merry Christmas now. That's right. Merry Christmas. God bless, Eric. Thank you. Take care. Y'all, I'm, I'm telling you, listen, I, I don't know where you are in the nation. In fact, I was visiting my parents in Louisiana, and I was in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and there was somebody I had to be in the left lane, and I got in the left lane, and there was somebody, it was 70 miles an hour, it was the speed limit, this person was doing 65, everybody swerved around him, it was a Floridian! It was a Floridian. It always is. I'm telling you, in South Georgia, the governor could sweep every county in South Georgia. 
if he just supported a law that said no Floridian is allowed to drive in the left lane because they all drive so slow. It is rare that you will find a Floridian driving. And I think what it is in Florida, they actually use airplanes to do the speed traps. So they all go slow because they're scared to death of the Florida State Patrol going after them. I, I think you got to ban them in the fast and going in the fast lane. The Gab County drivers in Georgia as well, some of the worst in the nation. You ever see a crazy driver and it's got a Georgia tag? I guarantee you they're from DeKalb County. I don't know why that is, but it's just it, that's the case. So there you have it. The governor of the state of Georgia preparing for re-election against Stacey Abrams and any sort of uh, primary campaign he may have against him coming up. He's going to make it a fight, ready for re-election ready to keep doing what he's doing, bringing jobs to the state and revitalizing the economy. You will notice, by the way, one of the things he emphasized was what he's doing outside of Atlanta, bringing jobs outside just Atlanta. He won his first election with the support of voters outside of Atlanta, in large part because suburban voters in Atlanta thought he was too Trumpy. Well, now he doesn't have to worry about that because Trump hates his guts. And in South Georgia and Middle Georgia, he's brought a bunch of jobs helping revitalize the economy. So if he can stave off this primary fight, which he may have, uh, I mean, he's got some sailing to do in the general election with really bad headwinds against the Democratic Party.